Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh my goodness. Last second, go to DEFCON 2, Alice. Whopper suddenly humming and the lights are going. It's on, Alice. It's on. We've got troubles. Do we? We've got troubles. Uh, yes, we do indeed. Remember a couple, I, you know, yesterday, was it yesterday or two days ago? March 2nd. That was yesterday, right? I was tagged in this post, this post mm-hmm. showing the Guzmed, the Guzmed how. The gums glue the from <laughs> whatever the word is right. The, the yeah the Indian person of the, whatever. I, can you find out what it's called again? It's, it's a second two podcasts ago. Gizwazad. Right, and um, we talked about it on the show, and, the, and of course Biden's going to have a Gizwazad in the up with Jill. Of course he is, because you know why wouldn't you have? Because it's 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 intersectional in a hundred thousand ways, and plus it's a Gizwazad, which of course everybody's always heard of. It's always been a thing that we always know about and cherish, and it's an absolute the. A uh, normal and and valid uh, th- thing that's in high esteem. Of course, it is. It always is. What are you suggesting? It isn't. Of course, it is. Yes, it is. Of course, it is. It's, it gets, yes, I have chai latte. I have a four pack of um of what kind of beer is it? Craft beer. That's you know twenty six dollars for a four pack, which I'll, I'll bring to a loft party, but only four. Uh, and if I only drink three, I'll take the last one home with me. And of course, I know what a guzwaza is because I mean we're all good. We're all good uh, progressives here, and everybody knows that stuff. So anyway, it's ridiculous. So so Alice and I talked about it, you guys remember, a couple of days ago on the podcast. And then today and then yesterday I saw that I was tagged in this this weird uh this post by a guy named Rob Capriccioso, uh founder, Indigenous Wire on Substacking, Substacking, previous senior editor of Tribal Biz. That's in it's Indian stuff. Tenure Indian County DC Bureau Chief, Country DC. Salt tribe. I didn't realize this till till today. When I finally looked, like and saw, why am I tagged in this? It says conservative media meltdown over indigenous person being invited to the State of the Union. White House assumes it's cautious posture. Mm-hmm. So I look in Fox News is is CC'd. Breitbart News is CC'd. 
Tom Shattuck is CC'd. Real Kyle Morris is CC'd. Callie Patterson is CC'd. Flotus, Dr. Biden, and White House are all CC'd. Tom Shattuck's right in the middle of that group, which I appreciate. <laughs> but I, I ignored it yesterday because I was busy and who knows what it was, whatever. And, and then today, uh, I just noticed as we're getting ready to do the show that I just clicked on this thing because I didn't know why I was included in this. And would you know, would you know this? Okay, so conservative media, here's the subtext. Conservative media meltdown over an indigenous person being invited to the State of the Union by Rob Capriccio. Dayline Washington, it's not great news for Indian country when an indigenous person simply being invited to the State of the Union causes a meltdown across conservative media. So I don't know if we were melting down during the show. I believe <laughs> we were enjoying it. I thought we were having a good time. Correct. It was before... Dave but, passed away, and I was correct. still had happiness in my soul. Yes, so. that was that was B D before Dave, but it's also not the best news for Indian country when the White House realizes it might have a bit of an unplanned distraction on its hands, so it attempts to minimize said indigenous person. Interesting. The Native American at the center of the minor storm is Melissa Isaac, a citizen of the... I, if I were him, I would have taken out minor because you've already said it's caused a meltdown. So take out minor, just make it a storm. The Native American at the center of the minor storm is Melissa Isaac, a citizen of the Saginaw Chippewa Indian tribe of Mount Pleasant, Michigan. After the First Lady's guest list was announced yesterday, Indigenous Wire wrote about Isaac's impending attendance, noticing, uh, noting that she's the leader of the Michigan Department of Education's Indigenous Education Initiative, and these are all very normal, non-progressive bureaucracies, of course. And the founder of Saginaw Chippewa Indian Tribes Project Aware Program. The First Lady uh, met uh, with her and other tribal officials in October when she and the U.S. Surgeon General visited the tribe. The White House prominently highlighted Isaac's Indian name, Gizwazad, within the biography it released for her. Gizwazad translates to... Protector of the young in the Anishinaabe Ojibwe language, according to the White House. Mm -hmm. It turns out that, I thought they suggested that she was a Gizwaja, but whatever, fine. Turns out that said Indian name and the resilience it represents helped the conservative media to lose their collective mind. <laughs> Fox News, Breitbart. The New York Post and others all wrote negative articles about Isaac's attendance, noting her unsurprising past support for critical race theory, which she has expressed in various forms on social media. A podcast, I repeat, a podcast <laughs> called Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel spent a chunk of the show with its two co-hosts laughing at the Indian name, mocking its pronunciation, and again, drawing attention to Isaac's rude beliefs in critical race theory. Why are we both co-hosts? Why can't we just be hosts? <laughs> As Noah Rothman would say, nevertheless, they appeared to attribute any indigenous ideas she has to, quote, woke culture. One of the hosts also drank a beer when talking about Isaac, which surprised his co-host, who said she thought he was, quote, back on the wagon. Wait, so is that a racist thing? Are, we not, are you not allowed to say back on no, the wagon? No, I think it's talking, it's... I think it's just making note to just how white trashy we are. And, and, and I just, mean, our show's called Tom Shattuck's right. Burn Barrel. What, what do they want? About how um, dysfunctional uh, we are. 
The show overlooked <laughs> the show overlooked all of Isaac's Native American education and mental health credentials, and instead listed her as a CRT wacko in its description of the program. The story doesn't end here. Uh, you know, the two things aren't mutually exclusive. I believe that. You know, all the woke wackos, the, all the CRT wackos have very impressive credentials that one of could list. Of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. That's the problem. <laughs> of course. It's just a little less fun talking about somebody's doctorates than it is talking about how they're a Gizwale, you know? <laughs> well, and by the way, we talked about what the White House put out there as the reasons they're inviting her. We talked about the information that was provided to us. They didn't, the White House didn't come out and say that they were inviting a mental health professional to address like the crisis in mental health among youth because that wouldn't be freaking funny and we wouldn't be laughing at that. The fact that he invited somebody because they're Gizwazad or whatever is the freaking problem. Right, which is because they're a protector of the young who happens to be a teacher too. Isn't that so teachery? Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, I already like this writer and I like the way he wrote this. I like that it's written in a very tabloidy style. Mm-hmm. I, I, he could have taken personal shots. Certainly I'm infallible, but certainly at your appearance or anything else <laughs> that we might have said. Okay, uh, the, the, they appear to attribute any indigenous ideas she has to woke culture. One of the hosts also drank a beer when talking about Isaac, which surprised his co-host, who said she thought he was, quote, back in the wagon. That is excellent. <laughs> the show overlooked all of Isaac's Native American educational mental health credentials and instead listed her as a CRT wacko in its description <laughs> of the program. Story doesn't end there, however. I think this is they move off of us, unfortunately, after this. When are we going to talk about how we have, in the past, given a platform to Native American advocates on this very that white trash podcast? That is true. And you acted as the Gizwale, and with that guest, explaining to her what the Enlightenment was. <laughs> the story doesn't end there, although, according to people close to the administration, the White House quickly caught wind that the conservative press was going to... Their burn barrel uh, <laughs> communications monitor said, we got something here. Going to try to draw attention to Isaac during the president's speech, and folks in the White House did not want Isaac's attendance to shift the focus. Officials were all said to treat Isaac very well in person, and she did sit behind Jill Biden at the speech last night. Her ribbon skirt lit up native social media, with many asking who she was and why she hadn't been called out by the president during his address. The president referenced tribes only one time during the State of the Union in the larger context of building up the nation's infrastructure, and he missed an opportunity to highlight tribal colleges and universities alongside the support he expressed for historically black colleges and universities. The question from onlookers on social media were uh, understandable regarding the mysterious auntie in the ribbon dress, as some started calling her. That's because when the White House invites people to sit with the First Lady during the SOTU, the administration usually has a reason for wanting to promote the person or the ideology symbolized by said person. That fact was exemplified by President Joe Biden championing Ukraine's U.S. ambassador last night, receiving strong bipartisan applause in doing so. Every time the cameras pointed to the First Lady's seating area, people could see Isaac's bright ribbon skirt. Could we? I guess so. Yeah, we could. It's a rainbow skirt. Uh, People could see Isaac's bright ribbon skirt. Natives would tweet about it. Yet a shout out to her never came. We shouted her out. 
<laughs> a young diabetic boy received his time in the sun, as did others, but not Isaac. Maybe we should wow. pit the well, diabetics against yeah, the what Native a shot Americans. At, the kid, at, at like uh, Tiny Tim there. It's like the young, <laughs> poor, poor kid gets his shot out there. They take aim at him. The young diabetic boy received plenty of his time in the sun, as did others, but not Isaac. <laughs> U.S. Department of the Interior officials, former Native, Native federal staffers, and current Democratic National Committee staff all wondered why in the world the White House would put Isaac in such a prominent position and then seemed to back away from having the president note during his address that well, she was even in attendance. Because the Burn Barrel podcast made fun of them and they were scared. <clears throat> That's right. They were scared. The White House could present any number of excuses pointing to limited time or the fact that not all people in the First Lady's viewing box were publicly mentioned. But the White House has not responded to requests for comments, thus lending credence to the idea that it was concerned that Isaac's attendance after the critical conservative articles and podcasts uh, started being posted, that they could take the night slightly off message. Notably, when Jill Biden tweeted about her invited attendees before the speech started, but after the negative conservative articles being, being published, she omitted the gizwazad in her description of Isaac. Yet Gizwazad, wait, she omitted the word Gizwazad. Maybe they know that that's ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did it. They said, you know what, this is going to seem crazy to a lot of people. You know, we're going to do a lot of crazy things here tonight. Maybe. She omitted the word Gizwazad in her description of Isaac. Yet Gizwazad was in the initial first line of the original White House announcement, which seemed to be a word that several conservatives honed in on during the critiques. That's right. You know what George Arwell says in his thing about writing is never use a foreign word to seem important when a regular English word will work. You, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's the foreigners in this narrative, Alice, in the legacy of this country? <laughs> that's you, okay? And that's that little crippled boy up there, okay? It's not the Gizwazad. You know what? Maybe next time Biden will give the whole State of the Union in the OG boy language. Another strange thing about the First Lady's tweet was that it referenced, they referred to Isaac as currently an enrolled member of the Saginaw Chippewa Indian tribe. Currently <laughs> is an odd word to describe describe an enrolled tribal citizen. One is either an enrolled tribal citizen or is not an enrolled tribal citizen. And the White House's native advisors certainly know that. So a better review of communications involving natives appears in order. Or maybe they did do a better review of the Gizwazad and said, maybe we should temper this a little bit because we're seeing something that could be concerning. Uh, as for whether Isaac has been affected by the controversy and the White House's response to it, she hasn't said yet. She did post pictures of the evening on social media, seeming to enjoy herself, and she wrote that she was honored to be there. Apparently, she didn't yet yet hear um, the um, Burn Barrel podcast. So I mean, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe people who are happy don't spend that much time worrying what the Burn Barrel podcast thinks about them. But you know, this is like a pretty powerful show. I guess I had no idea, but we've like. You know, this show has scared a lot of people, I think. And now, I think and now we, the White House. Next we cyber bully and dox Tiny Tim and uh, <laughs> swat him, too. So I so somebody said, shame on every person who voiced concern or opposition and and every person who made room for that sentiment instead of figuratively uh, smacking it down and squashing it. They proved the need for CRT and to the whiny baby white people who don't like it. 2FTFB. To which I responded, racist. To which this person, Cheryl Smith, responded, I'm white, but nice try. <laughs> 
I thought Candace Owens was black, too, but, you know, it doesn't stop them from calling her racist. So wait, so if she says that the need for, they prove the need for CRT and the tiny baby whining white people, that she uses race because she's white, that means she can't be a racist. I call a white woman a racist. She says, I'm white. Nice try. I'm not sure that the rules, that the games that she's playing in allow for that. Exactly. Um, so Lisa McKellis, another white woman, says, this is their land. We are the damn guests. Are we guests or did we fight a bunch of wars with them? <laughs> I mean, like... Well, right. And you know what? If Lisa feels that she's dealing with stolen goods... She can rectify that immediately. Yeah, give back your house. Right, give it to Don't the leave. give it to the Gizwala. She then then if a Franco Coviello says they are the only true Americans. They were here first. <laughs> were they Americans? Uh, you know, in the sense of named the after United Amerigo States? Vespucci, right? Or yes, or in the <laughs> sense of the United States of America that was constructed, you know, by uh, by uh, you know post Enlightenment uh, Western Europeans. Uh, I mean, maybe they don't know about the Enlightenment. I don't know, Alice. I've been asked that question honestly. They're going to come back at you. They're coming back at you. Okay, well, they can go watch the video where we talk to the Native American activists who had not heard of the Enlightenment. And well, we were very we appreciate nice it, to her. Rob, and I will be subscribing to his Substack. It's actually, it appears to have like a lot of articles on it. He's yeah. like very busy on his Substack. Yeah, unlike some fat. Um, I actually had an idea about fat your people substack. who are off the wagon of one a week. I have an idea about your Substack. Yes, which is that I should uh, take old columns that you have written in past lives and put those on your Substack. Okay, I'm sure it's because they are paywalled now where they currently are. I think that's a great idea. That's right, guys. You are getting nothing but the best on the Tom Shattuck Substack. The a fact lot of that those I'm... are really good. When <laughs> exactly. you called Michelle Obama the camembert cop, that's right. people can't get that content just anywhere. If you like cheese metaphors, you're about to uh, be very pleased with your subscription list. <laughs> uh, so he is my guy, Rob Carapiccio Iccio. Uh, welcome to Indigenous Warm. Well, that name Warm. sounds Italian, and you're making fun of that name, no, too. No, he is Capricciocchio. He's got to be Italian, I assume. Well, he must be at least partially Native American, right? I don't know, Alice. I don't see people for something like that. An award-winning Washington, D.C.-based journalist and writer with over two decades of reporting and editing experience, Rob was previously the longtime D.C. bureau chief at Indian Country Today. Senior editor at Tribal Business News and contributing writer at American Indian Report and News from Indian Country, and he's reported for numerous other Native-focused publications. I wonder if Native American publications pay better than... Um... They've got to. <laughs> His mainstream media contributions include reporting analysis and special projects for NPR, PBS, Smithsonian Magazine, New York Times, New York Post, The Guardian, TMZ, Campaigns and Elections, Forbes... Political inside higher ed and more. Yeah, it sounds like whatever. Rob, it was time better. for him. To, it was time for him to go to Substack, of course, because that, that that's a good resume, and there's no way that could work in the outside world. Rob is an enrolled citizen of the Salt Tribe of Chippewa Indians. There you go, go. Who grew up in the Bawaitig region of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. His mother worked for the tribe in various health-related positions, and his father was an economic and legal advisor. 
so there you go. So that is Rob in Winchester. I am subscribed. Thank you. Uh, I'll be using the... What the hell? Subscription plan? How much does it cost? The Okay. The annual subscription... The, and the monthly is 10 bucks a month. The annual is 99 bucks a year. Founding member is 250 a year. Do I have that option of mine? You pe yes, people can give you a hundred dollars. That's also criminal, but fine. That's a founding. I'm gonna do, be going for the sub subscription plan I call None, <laughs> where I get occasional public posts. Continue without paying. It says really they really shame you in this thing. <laughs> Don't display this on my profile. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> so uh, there you go. So that's nice. I didn't know that we got the the shout out from my from my friend. Uh, but that's good to know. Oh, all right. What else is next, Allison? What's going on in the world? <sighs> um, let's see. Universities don't want to teach Russian authors anymore. Which I agree with. No more Dostoevsky. Or Tolstoy. Couldn't or... read a book. Is that all there is? Have you ever two? heard such insanity as this? Like, no. Literally. Uh, I... It's so incredibly weak that... I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's so weak, I don't even know what to say. Here's Jennifer Granholm on how we're dealing with the energy pro problem with high gas prices. But the bottom line is that this president and this administration are looking at every single tool to shield American families from the impact of rising energy prices. And we're working through... Everything except, like, pipeline. We're working through an energy transition. And we've got to start by adding energy. And the reality is... What are we working through again? An energy transition. Oh. We're working through an energy transition. And we've got to start by adding energy. And the reality is we have to take some time to get off of oil and gas. We recognize this. This is a transition. But the bottom so, line is that So in other words, we're working through an energy transition. We need mm -hmm. to add energy. The way we're going to add energy is to get off oil. Yeah, we're going to add energy by quitting the only energy right. that's available first. It's called and the then, transition. And then we hope that something else happens that can make energy go. Not nuclear power, obviously. So not natural gas. That No, that's not going to work. So, you know, we'll just have to hope that solar cars take off in the next year or so. Because otherwise we're screwed. I. It's ridiculous, and, you know, it's going to get worse because we're probably going to end up uh, boycotting, you know, Russian fossil fuels here soon. So that's, you know, one problem. <sighs> I, I really wish this, like, Ukraine war thing would stop. Like, they're going back to talks now, right? Dateline Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot blocked a deal the Chicago Park District made with an Italian-American group to allow a Christopher Columbus statue to be displayed in a, tra a parade. Um, Lightfoot uh, was not pleased because she ordered all the Christopher Columbuses out of there because, once again, like we were talking about, the native peoples were good, and then Columbus came and all of the Spaniards came and slaughtered all the Native Americans who were very peaceful and not among themselves and all the Central Native Americans and all the Incas and all the uh, Aztecs all slaughtered by white people who then ate them. And that's the, that's the <laughs> truth of it. So Mayor Lori Lightfoot blocked a deal. with. So the Italians in Chicago <laughs> groups got together and said, we'd like to have, since you've taken Christopher Columbus off of everything for some reason, we'd like to have him back at least in a parade. She said, no, don't you dare. 
Um, she lost her bleep. Lightfoot, I'm gonna swear. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read this as is said, guys. So I'm sorry about this. This is. This is. You're gonna have to deal with this. Light. Uh, Lightfoot learned that the about the plan with the Italians. Uh, she lost her mind on a Zoom meeting. Lightfoot told them that they had to submit their pleadings to a city lawyer for approval, and were told to not do a f-ing thing with that statue without my approval. Get that f-ing statue back before noon tomorrow, and I'm going to have you fired. Lightfoot said, according to the complaint. Lightfoot also made the obscene comments to this Italian lawyer lawyers group according to the lawsuit which she alleges that she called them uh, uh dicks and asked what the f- were you thinking sorry let's just mark that we're gonna clean that <laughs> um now this is the this is the beautiful this is why i like Lori life she ends with you make some kind of secret agreement with italians you're out there stroking your dicks over the columbus statue I'm trying to keep Chicago police officers from being shot, and you're trying to get them shot, Lightfoot said, according to the complaint. My dick is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest dick in Chicago. End quote. Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, I mean, it it's an old line. Like, we've been here before, but it's just funny that, like, Everybody had fainting spells over Trump's grab them by the you know what tape and whatever. Right. And like that was like we can't countenance such language and discussion. I can't believe and like but Lori Lightfoot can say that and that like nobody bats an eye. It's totally fine. No big deal. You know, politicians are crude people. Uh, Well, some of them are anyway. I suppose Mitt Romney probably never says anything like that in even in private, but, you know, a, a lot of politicians say ridiculous, crude things, and and Trump wasn't even a politician at the time that other thing happened. I don't know. I mean, it's, Lori Lightfoot's just funny. She's funny. Are they going to keep electing her? How long can she be mayor there? Is Lori Lightfoot uh, Native American? Is she? No, I don't think so. Uh, is she? Lori Pardon? Lightfoot is a Massilian native. Oh. There you go. Who knew? What is Massillian? Do you know what that means? Nope. Lori Lightfoot, I'm oh, sorry, Massillian native, will be Chicago's first black female mayor. Former federal prosecutor Lori Lightfoot defeated a longtime political insider to become Chicago's first mayor, the first black woman, an openly gay person to lead the nation's third largest city. Lightfoot is a Massillian native, according to the Washington High School Alumni Association website. She's 1980 grad Massillon native huh do you think she really is i don't know one of this there's a the first google return um about Lori lightfoot is something called chicagoclout.com and it says pale face rick morrissey was very insulted about mayor Lori lightfoot taking an indian name to further her career pale face rick morrissey is a typical moron that has nothing to write about but he has a new angle to start the more unneeded BLM and white whining about nothing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe just keeps calling her. 
Ricky, please tell Lori Lightfoot that the name Lightfoot is English, but many times used by Native Americans. Since an Englishman married an Indian woman, the name should only be used by Native Americans. I'm offended, like, whatever. Okay, so this is maybe, maybe Chicago Cloud is not the best thing to be reading. But there you go, that is Lori Lightfoot. No, that's not, that's just a town that she lived in in Ohio. Oh, well, then she's not a Native American. <laughs> no, she's a Massillon Native, as in she's from the town of Massillon. Why is that important? I don't know. <laughs> That's why it said the whatever lists her as a graduate of the high school. You know, which I thought didn't make that much sense about saying she's a Native American. Like, it was a bit of a non sequitur. Yeah, she's not a Native American. All right. Do you want to get to the death sentence stuff? death sentence stuff i don't know about that uh governor death sentence uh stormed into a high school in florida oh (laughs) governor death sentence and ordered all the kids to remove their masks immediately you do not have to wear those masks i mean please take (laughs) honestly it's not doing anything and we got to stop with this covid theater so if you want to wear it fine but this is a this is ridiculous all right well it's good to be at usf well, that was bullying and harassment by death sentence, and so the news found one of the kids who took his mask off and his mother and talked to them both. I'm responsible for him, and I told him to wear that mask. And Governor DeSantis, and he's looking at this adult authority and, and he's telling him, oh, you don't have to wear the mask. What was your reaction when you heard the governor tell you and your classmates, remove your masks? Um, a bit of surprise and shock, more of, okay, this... Authority, author, this authority figure is asking me to do something that I know is probably going to end up being controversial. So. I took mine off. Did you feel pressure by the governor to do that? Listen to this. Mm. Count the beats. Um, a little. Yeah, that's more of a-, a resounding yes. I think that is <laughs> absolutely. Kid sounded petrified. Did you feel pressure? Oh, God, yes. The pressure of an adult figure asking oh me to do something. I this mistake, like, but right, it fits. It, it, it's just shocking that the governor told these kids, take off your mask. It, it, he pretty much said, take off your mask. is stupid. And take off your mask. Your parents don't matter. Even though I'm, I'm telling you, parents matter. And he's telling my minor child to take off his mask. He's putting us at risk. So, oh, oh yeah, to- I was upset. Very upset. He's putting us at risk. Meanwhile, she's literally not wearing a mask exactly. in that video. In that video where she's giving the interview and her son is wearing a mask. That's where we are right now. <laughs> well, so it's funny. And I like haven't seen people talk about this that much. Like mostly it's been just hyperventilating by people on the left and in the media asking to find the parents of the kids because they were all tweeting immediately after this happened that like Washington Post reporters were going like if anyone knows any of the kids who DeSantis yelled at to take off their masks or their parents let me know I need to interview like they were all over this because they love this stuff that's like I mean I I don't understand how the media keeps its entire ecosystem alive just on pure hate for like a few people. Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson, and uh, what's uh, and DeSantis, right? 
So they all live for this stuff. So they immediately were like all about it. DeSantis is telling kids to do something unsafe. He's yelling at them. See, conservatives said they were about choice, but actually they just want to control what you do. Like he said, if you want to keep it on, then fine. But please take those off. I mean, that's not exactly like forced pressure, right? It's He didn't arm twist anybody. And it, it's funny because I think they're getting the motivation completely wrong. DeSantis isn't trying to force anyone to do anything. He's trying to avoid being in these pictures where he's unmasked right, and all the little children behind him are masked like all the other politicians do and all the Hollywood stars do. And everybody is all, you know, you have Stacey Abrams in the room full of kindergartners and they're all wearing masks and she's not. And it looks terrible. It's terrible optics. And he doesn't want to be in a photo like that, right? He doesn't want to look like he's making his underlings mask. He understands that that's like a really bad look. And and he wants to at least be on the record as having said, you can take those off. It's not me that's asking you to have these things on, right? And, and I think that's why he said it. It has nothing to do with oh, pressuring totally. anybody to do anything. It's ridiculous. Totally. And I it wouldn't be a, f- a fact. <coughs> uh, I, I'm surprised if there's a little bit of... Uh stagecraft and trick trickery happening when he goes to some of these schools in these districts where the teachers hate him in the oh yeah in the school districts they're sending him. a bunch of masked kids <clears throat> to course. stand behind him of Let's course make him take it off this will be the thing he's not giving parents a choice haha he's just like terry mcauliffe saying parents don't have a choice haha that's the whole game behind him but but the truth is, is he hasn't forced anybody to do anything this right. entire time his entire policy has been based around allowing people to have choice allowing parents to opt out of mask mandates for their kids, right? It's entirely been about choice to him from day one. And the only people who have not been about choice are the mask zealots. And they just cannot deal with that whole whole fact. You know, they can't handle the idea that they're not allowed to control what you do. So they're trying to turn it around and gaslight people to believe that DeSantis is some kind of tyrant when Mm -hmm. he's literally the entire time the only thing he said is you had the decision whether to wear a mask or not. Right. And he's allowed to say, I think wearing masks is dumb and it doesn't do anything, which is like what Dr. Leanna Wen and everybody else says now, finally. Mm -hmm. But... So uh, bringing us to another viral clip on um, TikTok, you may have seen this at, at Disney World. A, a little kid sees Winnie the Pooh and runs towards Winnie the Pooh. Did you see this? You probably mm-hmm. did, right? Run towards, runs towards Winnie the Pooh. There's Pooh Bear! Oh, you can't go, you can't go hug, you can't hug, you can't hug. A, a more uh, Disney Secret Service than reacted to John Hinckley shooting Reagan came out of the woodwork and blocked the kid uh, from touching Winnie the Pooh because she could give him COVID. There's Pooh Bear! Oh, you can't go, you can't go hug, you can't hug, you can't hug. Sorry, sorry. I didn't know she was going to run up on him. That's right. Thank you for not shooting her. Hi, Pooh. Nobody's crazy here. (sighs) And that is the way things are going. Speaking of TikTok... Um, in Connecticut and, and all over the U.S. now, forty something, I think, uh, AGs are now going after TikTok, trying to take took TikTok to the woodshed because of um, because they're very dangerous. This is here, <clears throat> uh, AG Wong of Connecticut saying uh, the TikTok is c- causing violence. The so-called slap a teacher challenge, um, where uh, it appears. That- 
Listen to his deductive reasoning. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. The so-called slap a teacher challenge, um, where uh, it appears that young people were encouraged to strike a teacher or instructor. I don't know how from the encrypted title of the challenge they would assume that. <laughs> but yes, they've deduced that in fact, slap a teacher challenge means to strike the teacher. Ha ha, high fives all around, uh, AGs. It's incredible. But anyway, they're, uh, they're um, demanding answers. This investigation of TikTok will focus on um, what TikTok knows about its platform, its algorithm, and its impact on young people, whether it knows that it causes harm to young people. It does or does this not um, meant to be addictive for people? Is this or is this not meant to be enjoyable so that they'll keep returning to use it? How are you using quality, quality control to make sure that kids come back to do it more and more and adults as well? Aha! <laughs> of course, they're going after TikTok for all the wrong reasons. They should be going after TikTok because it's a Chinese spy app. But of course, they're not doing that. Well, I mean, that could be one of those cover stories they use. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a perpetual fountain of earned media going after TikTok. TikTok. Because you can do it again and again. You can castigate them all you want. They're going to respond in corporate speak. You're going to have visuals to use of all the bad stuff going on that includes with young people. So all these AGs are going to sit there and just get famous on, uh, you know, we're, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. We're going after them. They're destroying the youth. And, um, and you know, and eventually they'll eventually start to shake down some, some uh, parts of TikTok and maybe get, get a little money. It, but it's a total. This is this is uh, prostitution we're seeing on the behalf of these AGs using TikTok mm -hmm. for earned media, and there's nothing to it because you could go after TikTok, might as well go after Facebook, after Twitter, after Snapchat. Well, they are. Remember, they Instagram, had the whistleblower after the the, the thing that uh, chicks look at for pictures Instagram? of nice no of nice looking uh, Tupperware and and Pinterest? chopped carrots. Yes, Pinterest, and even then you might as well go back and look at cable uh, TV. And the harmful things on cable yeah. TV. Do you know how I can tell you can that I go back I'm... and look at the video games of the '80s, Nintendo and Atari, and all that stuff, and then just TV altogether that from the whole history of time, and radio that we've used forever, and rock and roll albums that have been have mm -hmm. destroyed our youth. It's like you can find any freaking yeah, reason. Yeah, Elvis any is uh, yes. moving his hips to sexy away, and it's offensive to the olds. But I mean, like. Nothing ever changes, does it? Ever they have to like have something to do. They it's always like a kids these days, you know. And we make fun of TikTokers a lot because a lot of them are extremely hateable. Well, right, but we, but we, when you're new to politics and you're young, you say, "Oh my goodness, look at them going after video games. How lame!" Yeah, they know they're lame. They don't. They're not really going after video games. They're getting TV cameras in front of them. That's all this mm -hmm. is. But I do think that there was like. I mean, don't you think there was a serious thing to, like, go after violent video games and stuff, like, especially after Columbine and and that stuff? Of course. Wasn't that, like, a whole thing that it was? Uh, yes, of course it was. So, I mean, like, I think they are serious. Like, I think they really oh, no. mean it. I don't think so. I think the DAs and the people doing it are doing it for... Um, are doing it for attention. I think you can get some buy-in from moms and probably fundraise from moms. Comes moms will say, you know what? That's right. That's true. Johnny does play a lot of whatever he plays. Oh, there or were like some very Satanism. offensive video games. What was it? Grand Theft Auto? Like that where you could beat up the hooker? Is that? We yes. That was a good idea. <laughs> Jesus. 
But, I mean, the problem is pretending that that leads to, like, crime or something. Because it obviously, like, there's not a direct correlation between them. That said, Alice Shattuck would say that internet porn leads to derelict behavior. Porn is demonstrably addictive. And it it's demonstrably, like, you can show that people, like, need to seek out more and more extreme content in order to get the same thrill from it. Well, but how do you know other behaviors aren't binge-watched and get increasingly uh, violent or radical. I mean, in general, I don't think watching a lot of... Watching and digitally participating in a lot of violence is probably, like, mentally healthy. But I don't think that necessarily... The thing, I don't. I don't think that necessarily it leads to violence itself. Just like I don't think that watching porn leads to like bad behaviors sexually. But I do think that watching porn uh, ruins your brain. Mm. You know, and I think that if you watch a lot of violence, it's probably not good for your brain either. Like, I don't think like the uh, whatever the stupid thing was that was on YouTube, like the Peppa Pig dentist going to the dentist video. Like, I think that's like. I think when kids, I think it does something to your mind. What do you I don't think, think is it necessarily you? means you're going to be a psychopath, but I, and I don't think you can get rid of psychopaths from society by getting rid of that stuff. But I don't think it's good for your kid's brain. I don't what let do our kids. What do you think is worse for you uh, as a twenty-year-old, twenty-year-old man um, watching excessive porn or womanizing daily? Which is worse for yes. you? Womanize define womanizing. Sleeping with a woman daily. So like perhaps, sleeping with a different woman. And perhaps every day. upping the kink factor. Upping the kink factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think doing it is worse on a continuum. On a continuum, huh? Mm-hmm. But I think they're on the same mm-hmm. continuum. I think it wrecks your brain. It destroys your mind. It turns it into mush. It just makes you, like, stupid and not able to really connect with people in real life. Look at, like, Japan, where they have a massive... Alice, you've already waged war against the native peoples today. You sure you want to do it on Japan? How am I waging... <laughs> whatever but in japan they have a problem with young people not having sex not having sex not getting married not having relationships with real people because they live in virtual reality and just watch tentacle porn or whatever and like buy girls underwear from vending machines and they don't have to like seek out real relationships with real human beings well where else can you buy it to be fair Okay, so so I, I, I do think it's a problem, and I do think it ruins people's ability to have real relationships. All right. All right. Or at least damages their ability to have real relationships. Like, I do. <sighs> All right, anything else going on? <sighs> I think that's most of what's going on. I'm just sad. I'm having a sad day. I miss so Dave. you had a sad day. No. Uh, I miss Dave the dog. Poor he Dave. He's a good doggy. Poor Dave. He's fallen off the continuum, unfortunately. What? He has, right? I guess. I don't know what that means. Well, you know what? To me, I look at what's happening in Ukraine, and mm-hmm. I put it all into perspective, you know? And it Are you going to do some kitchen reorganization? Gives me pause. Mm-hmm. Is that a pun? Ooh, Alice. 
Way too soon. Way too soon. All right. Well, I guess that's about it. I mean, anything else we want to share? We're in we're in Vermont currently. Mm-hmm. Neighbors are feeding the the chickens. Well, he should just let them out and let them free so they can drink snow if they need to. Maybe we should uh, text them that. They'll go in the road. What if they go in the road? What if they don't come back at night? What if they get eaten by an animal? Uh, you know what? Why Wor- do I? Worms gotta eat too. Clint Eastwood once said. <sighs> You're a very dark person. Did you I don't think that? so, Alice. I just, I mean, I am. I at this point, you know. At this point, what am I gonna do? At this point, mostly most people my age. Now, most men my mm-hmm. age now are have are sufficiently dead inside. So what am I going to do, you know, it, it, with my chicken dies? Gives a crap. I mean, I, I look like little Jerry Callahan. Of course, the only exceptional chicken died. Ugh. A lot of our chickens died. Let's be real. Well, there was one exceptional one. That was LGC. Jerry's now working with Bruce Mittman. Really? Part of that whole deal with Mittman, who I talked to. And yeah, it's they're part of. He's launching a Connecticut statewide to conservative thing. I certainly think Jerry. That'll be good for Jerry, uh, and because he's Jerry's a great talent and a huge. Oh, by the way, we're pitching. We're pitching. Um, I sent him an email already. Mm-hmm. My friend Ben Shapiro at DailyWire.com. Yes, and um, somebody. Um, they're now running a sports podcast. So let's go here. Let's go. You want the Daily Wire to buy us? I don't think they're going to buy us, Alice. But <laughs> I want them to host us, certainly. Okay? Okay. I mean, I'm open. all the sponsors we bring to the table. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> I'm going to start, instead of doing ad reads, I'm going to start doing 30-second rants about how <laughs> F you and you're never allowed to spot- advertise here anyway. Oh, by the way, Kirk Minahan is quitting his show after... Uh, in like five months after Forever? the uh, supposedly yeah after the Wilbur Theater why he says he's done why I don't know because <laughs> he said he's done he's just done with it that's wow that's right now start creating the narrative that the natural bridge for Kirk fans is the Burn Barrel podcast <laughs> we're gonna have to work a little more blue. I don't think it is necessary. And I don't think the Shadheads are as... Although, except for there's some crossover ones. I don't think the Shadheads are, are necessarily can muster like the Minifans can and terrorize people on the internet. But uh, but maybe you can learn. Like the Ukrainian citizens, damn it. Shadheads, let's get together and start doxing people, right? <laughs> no, no, don't dox no, people. Don't. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So, uh-oh. Looks like Alice. Look at this. Look at this. Are you back on the wagon? No, it's when you <laughs> when you open a beer, it means you're off the wagon. I'll, <laughs> I'll ask you to read a certain Native American substack to know the difference between these things. Sorry. No, I thought he was saying that that was like a racist phrase because maybe it like has to do with the Oregon Trail or something. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. Please come back to us and talk about it if you consider that racist. I'm all for it. I'm all for having. I'd like to be. I listen to a lot of woke stuff, and I like. I haven't heard that one, but anything's possible. It was so nice. I'm so like thrilled for him to position it as. Where is it? (laughs) As Fox News, Breitbart, and the Burn Barrel Podcast. All three of your (laughs) go-to's. Like I, if it was me and I was writing this. (laughs) 
a podcast called Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel spent a chunk of the show with the two co-hosts laughing at the Indian name, mocking its pronunciation, and again drawing attention to Isaac's rooted beliefs in critical race theory. They appeared to attribute any indigenous ideas she has to woke culture. One of the hosts also drank a beer <laughs> when talking about Isaac, which suppo- surprised his co-host who said she thought he was, quote, back on the wagon. <laughs> so, uh... So, um, so there you go. That is no, but, but I'm the fact that he even said a podcast called Tom Shack's podcast. If I was writing about somebody and wanting to torpedo them, I would have qualified that like a, um, a, a supposedly listened to podcast or a bottom feeding podcast. But he just has it as a podcast because he writes newsy, but like, but a little bit. Uh, well, he wants to make it seem like important people right. actually went after her. So, oh, that's right. So he had to uh, uplift us. <laughs> yeah, in order to, to make it seem like that's the thing. It's like you know, the White House heard that the burn barrel was making fun of her, so Damn they had to, they had to change their whole plan. They didn't mention her. They got we scared them off. I mean, like maybe they do listen because they did. There are other suggestions for the State of the Union were not only not to have the Native American activist, but also to have a steelworker and a cop. And they did both of those things. So, you know, maybe they listen. Anyway, you can uh, talk to Tom's new friend on Twitter. We are at Barbaral Pod. He is at Tom Shattuck. You can find the tweet there. We are also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, BurnBarrelPodcast.com. You can email us, BurnBarrelPodcast at gmail.com and say hi. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, it's been a rough week. I don't know what I would have done without you all. And um, have a good weekend. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.